and welcome back to episode two of the Better Not Perfect podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shay. Thanks for joining us today on this journey. We started last week when we reviewed episode one, chapter one of the book, Better Not Perfect, From Hot Mess to Life Success. And I talked about being messy and I started off right in the smack dab in the middle point of my life to date, uh, which was me at 28 and a half and all that was going on inside of me that just wasn't good. I was talking about the negativity that I had going on on the inside. And yet I kept wondering why I couldn't draw these great positive people toward me uh, until I had my epiphany that I was actually drawing what I was at the moment. So what I was putting out into the universe was coming right back to me. So I had to make a change and a pivot. So I shared a little bit about that pivot on the podcast and certainly more in depth in the book in chapter one. But today we're going to go back to the beginning and we're going to talk a little bit about the history and maybe what led up to the hot messiness that we found in chapter one. And I want to introduce you to the younger Shay and maybe, maybe just maybe you can relate to some of the things, some of my experiences and some of what led us up to where we found ourselves in chapter one. So if you don't know, I begin every chapter with the lyrics from a song that kind of relates to where I was at that point in my life. So the title of chapter two is first you dig and then you build, laying the foundation that builds a girl into a woman. And the song I chose was by the music artist Regina Bell, and it's called If I Could. And the lyrics read as follows. If I could, I protect you from the sadness in your eyes, give you courage in a world of compromise. Yes, I would, if I could. I chose that song because it made me reflect on motherhood. It made me reflect on what I know my own mother would want of me, from me, to do for me, is to protect me from this world of compromise when she saw the sadness in my eyes. But it's also something that I would want to do for my daughter, that I did want to do for my daughter. But I couldn't save her from the world any more than my mother could save me from the world. And the trauma in our lives that we face as young people, even with adults around us who may want the best for us and who love us without condition, and who would try to protect us, sometimes they can't. But everything that goes into who we are and who we've become, even the worst things can be used to build us up and to erect us into strong edifices. And that is why I use the construction reference of first you dig and then you build. Because any architect worth their salt knows if you're going to build a skyscraper, well, you have to dig deeper than if you were going to build a center hall colonial because the edifice is meant to go higher. So using that same metaphor, I believe we all are purposed and destined to do 
and be great. So however you define great is how you define great. But we all, all have a purpose. And I'll talk later, we all, in my opinion, have more than one purpose. But it starts here in the beginning of our youth. And everything that informs who we are is really part of what I call the cement mix that makes us, that is poured into us, that is part of the foundation that is laid for the tall edifice that we will become. So why the construction analogy? For visual learners, I guess, you know, and for me, sometimes I need to think about these examples in life that make sense. When I had to really learn, like, why did sad things happen to me as a child? When I had to stop and think about the person who I was most beloved to and who was most beloved to me, my dear grandmother, who was my primary caregiver while my mom worked a lot. When I lost her at the age of 12, it was traumatic. It was the first time I'd ever experienced real loss and grief. And it was something that just really, it was one of those benchmark moments, one of those moments when, well, my life changed, just to be frank and honest. My life changed from that moment on. From zero to 12, I was a carefree young girl with everything being poured into my cement mix that was love, affirmation. There was a house full of children that I grew up with. My grandmother, who I just mentioned, was a foster mom. So there was always children, and I was an only child for nine years. So those children that came along, they were my playmates. You know, we spent our days just having fun you know, going to school, coming home, and life was good until that fateful day that I lost Gran, and it changed everything, changed everything for me. I had a sister when Gran died, I was 12, and I had a three-year-old sister that I had to begin to care for, and I prayed for that sister. I loved that sister, but what I wasn't prepared for was parenting that sister, which is something I kind of had to do because when my grandmother passed away, my mom had to continue to work and I had to step up. And as a 12-year-old who had to step up, well, it meant that my childhood was lost. And that's not to blame my mother. And there, sure, many of you can understand that there are families all across America and around the world today that have those same struggles where you're maybe an older child and you have to step up and sometimes your childhood is taken away from you sooner. Well, what can you do? And sometimes your childhood is taken away from you way too soon. So what I found was this put me on a path where I was grieving. This put me on a path where I was lost. This put me on a path of so much sadness inside and I really needed someone to talk to but there was no one there because everyone else around me was grieving and trying to adjust to life. So the loss and the trauma at 12, you know, my life wasn't that much different from other people, great people who have gone on to succeed in life in big ways 
and even in, in maybe not so big in public ways. But when I think of people who have had trauma or loss or grief poured into their foundation or into the cement mix that laid the foundation for what they would grow to be, I can't not help but think of people who have overcome great challenges in life. People like speakers, Lisa Nichols and Mel Robbins. I mean, Lisa Nichols talks about poverty and 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 coming up from facing almost homelessness. And Mel Robbins talks about, you know, just financial losses and I think about poets like Maya Angelou, who who speaks about her childhood rape, and I even think of musicians like Lauren Hill and and Lizzo. Lauren Hill who had so much relational dysfunction, and Lizzo who talks about losing her her father and and sleeping in a car. You know, all of these individuals went through great challenges, and yet look at them now. You know, what was poured into their cement mix? You know, what their dig deep was, the depths of despair that they each had to go through was all part of the foundation that built them up. When they talk, when you listen to them speak or write or sing, you know that they're speaking from their experiences that informs their art, informs their abilities informs their gifts and talents so while none of us likes the hard things that happen to us in life there is a reason there is a purpose and even if we never live a life where that reason is made clear to us we can trust that no lesson will be lost if we allow it to persist if we allow the trauma and the lessons to inform who we are as people, if we can draw upon what we learned in those moments and find strength. Going back to my origin story, I learned that I had resilience that I didn't know that I had when I had to step up and be there and basically run the house while mom worked. I learned what maybe some say is not the best of traits, but I learned at that age how to compartmentalize. I learned to hide my grief so I could show up and do what needed to be done. I learned how to be a help. I learned how to put my needs aside and contribute to my family. I learned a lot of things from that trauma and that grief. But I also learned some not so good things during that time. I learned negative coping mechanisms of stuffing, stuffing my pain, stuffing my voice. I learned to be fiercely independent in a way that made me not call out when I need help. I learned things that weren't helpful for me as an adult to be healthy. So all of these things lead to what the great issue is that has been the center 
and bane of my existence. And that is this struggle, this ongoing struggle with perfectionism. It started here. This is the origin. It went into my foundation. But yet and still, some of those great things and some of those not so great things helped me in those darkest areas of my life, in those darkest periods of my life. It gave me something to draw on. So if I can offer you hope, when you think back to your traumatic experiences, those pivotal moments in your life that helped shape you, you have a choice to make too. Will you let it be the foundation upon which you can build an amazing life? Or will you have a half-built structure with serious design flaws? because you're unable to move past those traumatic experiences. No judgment here. It took me a long time before I could move past the trauma. Still struggle with a lot of it today. As I was preparing for this podcast, um, I was listening, re-listening to the audio version of the book. And when I got to this chapter, it was like I was reliving that last sad day that I saw my grandmother alive and the tears began to flow and I let them and it was painful but for me that was progress because like I said I learned to stuff my emotions so to be able to let the tears flow that's just me getting better (laughs) and isn't that what it's all about getting better So we're at the point in the podcast where we get a question from a reader. So we have a question from Kathleen today. So let's hear her. Hello, Dr. Butler. My name is Kathleen McLean. I am based in Albany, New York. In your book, Better Not Perfect, you share several examples of tipping points in your life that caused you to pause, reflect, and choose. Can you share with us, with me, what are some of the things I should be looking at in my life that could be causing me harm? Are there three different things or ideas or mindsets that you have witnessed and noticed in yourself and also in other women that you've been coaching that we should be aware of? Thank you so much for your answer. Have a lovely evening. That's a deep question, Kathleen. Thank you for that question. Um, Yeah, you know, there are things that I think that we can develop in terms of a mindset that can be prohibitive to our growth and our journey toward better. And there are some things that can help us. I laid out a few when I talked about my experiences as a, as a child. And, you know, I think Kathleen, sometimes that avoidance and a refusal to really look back and unpack the trauma of that time, or even acknowledge that there were things, sometimes they're not big things like grief or loss or tragedy. But there are things that affected us negatively sometimes as children. And 
when we don't seek the help that we need to go back and examine ourselves, examine what was happening during that time, examine what we felt and how it maybe changed us or how we responded. I think when we can do those things, preferably under the guidance of a trained therapist or counselor, then it begins to help make sense. So for me, using the example I gave earlier about not wanting to to cry because I stuffed emotions. The first time that I grieved my grandmother, really grieved her beyond the story that I talk about at her wake in the book, was actually in my therapist's office. When she asked me about my childhood and we began to walk through and I mentioned my grandmother and I started to tell the story through questions and unpacking, I cried uncontrollably. I did not know I had all that grief tied up in me since the age of 12. I was able to grieve her really for the first time. And so I began to get better about not stuffing my emotions. So I guess one of the things I think about is how are we able to dig deep to find the courage to go back and explore our childhood and unpack some of those things that happen that stand in the way of, of progress for us today. The other thing I think about is how can we be more affirming? How can we have more positive self-talk as women? I think that's something that many of us struggle with. I know I've struggled with it for a while. You know, I'll go on to talk through more about the experience of teen parenthood. But man, I was so hard on that young girl, that 13 year old. I put her through the ringer. And I'll talk more about it in in future episodes. But, you know, and I talk about it in the book. But the reality is, how can we how can we not be so negative? How can we have more of a positive mindset and be more affirming of ourselves? Flaws and all. And then how do we partner? How do we open up? And how do we allow other women into our space and place and have a mindset of collaboration, a mindset where uh, sometimes our past hurts can cause us to be mistrustful Um, So how can we find that balance between being open and connecting with other people who are there to help us? How do we use our voice to ask for help when we need it? And then look around for those who are willing and able. I talked about losing my voice as that 12-year-old, not only stuffing my emotions, but keeping my pain inside and not asking for help. That carried over into adulthood for me. So that's the third thing that I would add. Man, this is hard work. It's not easy, but it's good work. You know, John Lewis had this saying, Representative John Lewis in in Congress, he had this saying, I'm going to paraphrase, but if you're going to get in trouble, get in good trouble. Well, I think this is good work. His good trouble was the fight toward social justice for all. Um, our good trouble 
for our good work is to face those hard things as best as we can with help. Go back, find those spaces and places where your cement mix was poured to lay a foundation that may have had some cracks in it. But trust that nothing you've been through will not play itself out in a way that can be positive in your future as you learn from those lessons, as you learned who you were able to show up and be in those most difficult of times, as you've learned how to heal from that, it will all go into the strong, tall, beautiful edifice that you are designed and destined to be. We'll talk more about it, but thank you for joining us this week. And if you want to hear more, you can go to my website, www.drshaybutler.com. That's D-R-S-H-A-I-B-U-T-L-E-R.com. Click like if you like the video, share it with a friend, and um, you'll find my social media handles there. So follow me if you want to hear more about when I'm going live and just have motivational moments because we will have many. Again, thanks for joining me today and I'll see you next week.